0: I want to welcome Carissa to Breaking the Devil's Contract podcast. When I saw her on TikTok, her story was just amazing and I had to get her on to the podcast and luckily she agreed. So Carissa, how are you doing today?
1: Doing so good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: All right. I wanted to start off with just a little bit of your background, you know, kind of let us know how, you know, how life was growing up, you know? because I know that you were part of the LGBTQ community and most times from my experience you know there's the how you grow up really affects you know this this domino uh, theory of decisions to lean toward that community so um, just kind of share give us a little background about that.
1: Yeah so you know when I was growing up, we were, we were raised in a religious household. Like, we all believed in Jesus. We, we were at church when the doors were open until the doors were closed, right? But I did have, um, at a young age, uh, I was, you know, exposed or influenced by, uh, my older sibling, right? Like, just like anybody, uh, you have an older Sibling, you want to be like them, you want to walk like them, talk like them, you know, they're big and strong and older than you and wiser than you. So you, you know, you kind of watch what they do with their life and you kind of right. take on that. And I had an older sibling that um, you know, around the age of like 13, 14, dressed like a tomboy and dated other girls, right? Oh, wow. Now okay. our family didn't really know what was actually going on, but um, when I found out, I I actually, you know, around 11 or 12, I found out what was actually going on with her. And, you know, of course, like with any vulnerable teenager, they're like, Oh yeah, well, I, I think I have same sex attraction too. Like, I think when I see a woman, I'm like, they're beautiful. You know, I can admire that beauty. I, I might be the same way. Right. right and so of course. at a, at a younger age, you know, we didn't really know as a family what was exactly going on, but when we did, you know, she was 15 when my my parents found out, and our church, you know, acted like we were aliens after that, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. you look at a, you you find out that somebody's gay, and, it, and and in the South especially, it was just like a time where nobody really acted like that was a thing, you know, and that those right. people weren't real, or they weren't valid, and So I remember the way that our church treated us when they found out about my older sister. And then I remember having, knowing that I would struggle with the same thing. And, and so I saw my parents, you know, basically say, you can't live here and have a girlfriend. Like you just can't stay in our house and live that kind of lifestyle. And I knew that I would struggle in the same way. And that, that would be a hard road for me, you know, um, So around, I I guess, 15, 16, I decided that I would leave the house, too, you know. Ah. And so that's kind of where it all began and started to unfold. That's kind of, um, you know, where I started to go my own way, basically. Um, Yeah, I just as you can imagine, there was a lot of like questions that I had for the church, you know, much less my parents, you know what I mean? Seeing all of that happen to my older siblings. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, the church really doesn't know how to handle that. You know, they don't know um, counseling. They don't know how to identify. Um, A lot of church members are just like, you know, they want to use scripture to say, well, if if you're owning this sin, then the Bible says I can't even be around you. Yeah. You know, and I've heard that a lot. I've even said that before, as far as like, you know, hateful people or angry people, the Bible does say, if you hang around them, you'll learn their ways. And so, you know, it is true that, you know, you should welcome all people, but if they're not going to repent, you know, why, why are they even in church in the first place? Yeah. You know, but if they want to keep going, I mean, as a pastor, I mean, I wouldn't say don't come back here. You know right. that's that's crazy. Uh, Jesus would never do that. Right. Um, the the church discipline is for Christians, not for non believers.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, <laughs> but you know, oh my gosh. And so, um, so I have,
1: many things wrong with
0: that. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I have a master's degree in theology, and you know, but you have some people just starting churches, and they um, for twenty five dollars in te- in the state of Texas. You can start your own ministry or own church. Wow. That's it. You don't have to have any formal training. You can have whatever kind of theology you want. And as long as it's in your articles of incorporation, that's it. You're good to go. And as soon as you open the doors, people are just going to flock in there. And, you wow. know, yeah, so it's scary. Um, and about, you can,
1: right?
0: yeah, you can ordain yourself for $25 in Texas. <laughs> Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is no official registry in Texas saying that you're an ordained minister. So yeah, every time I've done uh, any kind of weddings, um, they, I just, you know, I send in a copy of my driver's license, but they don't have me on file because Mm -hmm. church and state is separate. And so they don't have an official list because there's so many denominations out there. And then you can just go online and get ordained. So they don't even keep track of it. Yeah, it's just scary. But, um, <laughs> so um, what I've experienced in my own life and other talking to other people, um, most people that, that I've talked to have gone into the homosexual lifestyle because there's been some sort of abuse. Yeah. And so I I would say about 80 to 90 percent of the people I've talked to that have lived that lifestyle, whether openly or secretly, there's been that type of abuse there. So have you found the same thing?
1: Yeah, I Um, mean, absolutely. I think I think like if we if we came down to a common denominator of a lot of of cases that I've talked to, it's absent fathers and okay. it's some sort of sexual uh, being touched inappropriately, being, right. um, being exposed to pornography at a very young age, like eight or nine years old, maybe even younger. You never know. So I think I think that that's traumatic in and of itself. sense. Like, luckily, I wasn't exposed to porn that early. But can you imagine like being eight, six, seven or eight? and seeing something like that on TV, how that would affect you at such yeah. an early age. Like, I think that that falls under trauma, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: no, no, it, it is. Um, because the first time I saw it was nine years old. Wow. And, yeah. and I actually could have been eight. I just think it was not, I was nine, but I had an older sibling who's like five, six years older than me. And um, he showed it to me. And okay. so, yeah, just totally ruined my childhood.
1: Wow. 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 Yeah. And I think that that's like, along with like sexual trauma or a run-in, you know, or, you know, being touched inappropriately or raped even, you know, um, I think that the, the porn industry is, is this own, you know, epidemic basically of its own of like, I've met so many people this year that were exposed to pornography at six seven eight years old and they they don't know how to get away from it they don't know how to get that out of their mind you know you can't yeah. erase images sometimes out of your mind you
0: oh know? no i mean the devil likes to bring that stuff up to you and yeah it's just random and it's just spiritual attacks right and you have to see it as that um but i mean just a lot of people i've talked to there was some sort of uh, like you said Trauma, something unhealthy, porn, um, and because I just really haven't met a lot of people that were raised healthy, you know, if you if that's if that even exists, but to where <laughs> they weren't, you know, they weren't abused as a kid or whatever, and they just decided, oh, you know, I'm just gonna full fledge go into the LGBTQ community and um, live that lifestyle. Right. Normally, they get pushed that way and um from yeah something lack of acceptance um yeah yeah but so now you were in a like all over your tiktok you have which is a transformed life you you have just shown old pictures where you had cut your hair real short you're wearing guy clothes stuff like that and so that's a, that's a big transition to go from that to someone who's has a transformed life now. So what, what would cause something like that? Cause everybody I talk to who are, who have identified, I mean, strongly like you did in that, in that lifestyle, they are like a dog with a bone. There's nothing going to get them out of uh, that lifestyle, you know? And so yeah. I'm just curious, like what, what happened with you when you left your house, like at 15 and 16 until the age, what, 25. So what happened during that time to make you even want to turn to Jesus? Well, how was that even an option for you?
1: Well, you know, I didn't, the The, the last thing I wanted to turn was to Jesus because I wanted mm-hmm. to be in control of my own life. So. Right. From 15 to 25, I just remember it was hopping from one high to the other. So whether that was trying alcohol or whether that was trying running or a new friendship or a new drug like weed or cocaine or uh, trying new clothes or trying this new haircut in a new city, it was always something that I would feel better for a couple months after I tried something new, but then it would wear off and I would still be the same broken person that I was with the same trauma that was that was still haunting me from my past that I was scared to face the same lies from the devil that I would never be anything more than a nothing which is why I was non-binary right He'd tell me well you're not good enough to be a man you're not good enough to be a legitimate woman so you know non-binary is is what I felt was my most ideal self because that was the most neutral way that I could adjust my body. If I got a mastectomy, my chest would be nothing, you know, and then my private parts would be all neutral. And that's, that's exactly what I was made to be is what the devil was convincing me of this lie. And so I remember all of these lies I was believing. And the last thing that I was turning to was God, because that meant that I would have to surrender control. And that's something that I was not willing to do, you Mm. know, but yeah. when my when i hit rock bottom that was the moment where i was thinking i don't have anywhere else to turn all of all of my vices have ran out there's there's nothing more for me to try of this world i've tried it all there's not another person that i can see to my left or my right who's waiting to be a friend to me to love me only god only wow. god is here right now and and that's kind of where i was singled out and and you know at a crossroads of am i going to to be brave and and stop believing the lie that i've run too far from god like the devil's told me or am mm-hmm. i going to reach out and try this thing this truth thing this healing thing with god you know
0: yeah that's powerful i mean now when you were in those those dark times in your life could you hear the voice of the Lord trying to encourage you? Did, did he send other people to preach at you? Like, how did you handle that?
1: So I think like in the darkest moments of my dark life, like in the darkest moments of my dark life, those 10 years, mm-hmm. it was like, I'd be in the bar at 4 a.m. praying, drunk oh. and praying. And I, I could feel the presence of God in nice. the bar in the middle of the night. And and those years, it was these prayers of reckoning, like, I'll give you this if you do this for me, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. like making a deal with God, like, hmm, that'd be cool if you could fix this, but that means that you would have to do this for me, you know? And like, I would, I would kind of reason with God and tell him, well, if I'll give you this, if you do this for me, you know, constantly trying to make a deal with God, like, yeah, well, just
0: bargaining. that would yeah. be
1: cool yeah, bargaining and being like, do you think you could do this for me? And then I'd be, and then it would just be like an afterthought, me asking (laughs) God to do all these things because I didn't believe that he could actually do it. I didn't know he could actually rescue me, you
0: know? Yeah. So like during that time, it, let's say, you know, looking back now, like if you were, would have died, you know, some, at some point, do you think you would have gone to heaven or hell?
1: Well, After I got saved, like, again, at 25, 26, God said something very specific to me, and he said, you know, I was still in menswear, and he came to me in my sleep. I was sleeping one night, and it was like he was looking over me like I was a newborn baby, like I was beautiful, like he is admiring his creation, and he thought that I was beautiful, and he was actually telling me, he was saying you were always my daughter. And I remember when you gave your heart to me a long time ago. And so he was reminding me of when I was six and I gave my heart to him in kindergarten at kids camp, right? At the altar with my brother and sister on either side of me. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was six. And God was telling me, I'm so proud of you. You're so beautiful. You're my daughter and I love you. And I remember when you gave your heart to me. So I believe that my heart was always with the Lord, but I was in a constant turmoil and wrestling of complete surrender of my life for these 10 years that I, you know, from 15 to 25. Right. Basically.
0: Yeah. And so I, cause I remember as a child, um, like going into my parents' closet and like leaving a note for God and telling him how much I loved him. And like, trying to oh. hug the air, you know, and, like, so, like, I knew I was real, I felt him, and I engaged with him, but, like, according to the Bible, it, it, it says that, you know, and, unless you are born again, you know, you yeah. won't enter the kingdom of heaven, or, you know, being regenerated, or saved, uh, and so, um, and like you yeah. said earlier, saved again, you know, and I, I remember, like, because I've had those, those experiences as a kid, and, when I was thirteen, I went to a Baptist church, and they—they are great about giving the you know altar call. And I remember you know going up front saying the prayer, but I was just trying to say it so everyone kind of get off my back, and I knew it was the right thing to do, so I felt good about it. Yeah. But I didn't actually get born again. I just you know kind of got accepted to the church, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so yeah. and so um. I remember like a few months later that's when I started selling drugs and so that's whenever you know I went down that rabbit hole for a long well probably about four years now I actually got born again at age 18 um so you know it's just because I believe it's like once saved always saved you can totally go way way down the wrong path and then come back um Mm -hmm. And that may have happened uh, with you. I was just, you know, curious to, you know, how you viewed the, that because my book, it's called breaking the devil's contract. And mm-hmm. it, it talks about, you know, being in a contract with Satan and you know, as a Christian, not as a, you know, unbeliever. And uh, cause a lot of, there's a lot of theology out there that says, you know, once you're a Christian, you're never going to sin again, or you're not going to deal with issues or, you know, like you can't be gay if you're a Christian, or you can't even uh, do it one time. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Like if yeah. If you're a
0: Christian, you wouldn't do that. No, that's not true whatsoever. Um, you know, you've, you've signed a contract of lust or um, something that has caused you to uh, have an identity crisis,
1: right, you know, right. and you've,
0: you've been deceived. And if you have a contract of deception, and so um, there's always a way to break that through Jesus Christ as, as you've done. Yeah. And,
1: s- and Christians are not people that like have defeated every doubt and defeated every struggle. Like right. we, we have God in our struggle. That's the only difference. Like we're still humans with feelings and sadness and depression and anxiety and confusion Right. But in that god is working in that the holy spirit is speaking to us that's the difference you know
0: yeah that's a, that's amazing um because i i love the the total transformation that you've made with your life and really getting past all the the rejection of the world and saying okay god like use me and so um which mm-hmm. i see that you're doing now so Uh, tell me like what, what's going on with you? Like what kind of ministry you're doing right now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Monday through Friday, one to five, anybody in the world can find me on TikTok or Instagram and schedule a phone call appointment with me. And what I do during these sessions, during the afternoons, I dedicate that time to parents, to pastors, to ministries and to people in the gay community that have questions about God, or how to reach your child or how to talk to your youth group about these, you know, specific issues, this gender crisis, this sexuality crisis, because the church for so long has avoided the conversation. And I think it's because it's a confidential conversation to have. So I do these intimate phone calls because it's a private situation. It's, it's somebody's life, you know, it's somebody's identity. And so I've set aside time to facilitate those conversations and pray over people that God would move them into their life and give them the words and the heart and the clarity that they need to, to live a transformed life, to go out into the world and actually be these changed people that are called Christians, you know, these transformative lives, you know, that really magnify the power of our God, you know, that glorify him and show the world, hey, I was confused too, but God still was walking with me. He was still talking to me. He was still sending me people, answering my prayers, but I was still confused along the way. I still had questions, you know, and that's kind of, what I dedicate my weekdays to, and then podcast and talking to amazing people all around the country about Jesus, you know, just what he's done.
0: Um, So I mean, that's unique. I really, I haven't ran across anybody that I know of really, that's setting us out of time. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to be a hotline to help you, you know, and I care about you. And Jesus loves you enough to say, hey, I'm here come and talk to me, you know? Um, Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really cool. And um, I, everybody I run into, um, I will definitely be sending them your way. Um, I can tell that you have the the heart of Christ and just the, the compassion and love of God flowing through you because the people that are living these lifestyles, they're hurting and they're, they're suffering and, they don't know anything but hate and rejection from the world and from christians
1: yeah Um, yeah
0: you know uh, christians are golly the the trolls i see online (laughs) yeah all of the comments and the hate back and forth and um if somebody
1: would have just stopped me and said to be a christian you don't have to be perfect and have all of this figured out. I feel like I was always waiting at the edge of the cliff to go all in for Christ, waiting until I had my sexuality figured out, waiting uh. until my addictions were overcome. And, and God was there all along saying, hey, you can follow me in spite of this struggle. You th- right. you, I can use you while you're hurting. I can use you to help other hurting people that have the same questions, I would have been all in much faster. And so wow. that's kind of my message to everybody is like, Hey, you know what? You don't have your sexuality figured out. You're still sleeping around. You might have an alcohol problem, but you can still serve God right now where you are. You know, he can still speak to you. He can still use you. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like some of these churches, like to be a part of the worship team, you have to prove that you don't have any specific addictions, that you have it all together. And so that's what I thought God was like, but he's hmm. not like that. God yeah. uses broken things. He uses struggling people.
0: He does. <laughs> I've, I, I don't I don't know how many people I've led to the Lord, but it's a lot. And I've heard it over and over and over again. Well, I'm just waiting to, um, you know, until I have it all together so I can give God 100%. I have heard that line so many times. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you because people think that, I mean, the devil has got them convinced that they have to be perfect in order to come to Christ and that they have to give it 100%. And it's all about their efforts and stuff. And it's, you know, it's one of the biggest lies the devil tells people. Um, And so, wow, that's, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it needs to be out there that christians um aren't perfect and god will just love you where you're at yeah
1: um, yeah and
0: so and i can see that you're doing that and that's just it's just beautiful because um people need to know that um once you get saved you're not uh perfect and like I, i've always told people that you've like, let's say you get saved at age 25, right? And so you have lived your whole life and you've pampered your flesh and your flesh yeah. has been corrupted and given everything it want, it's wanted in every area. And so then whenever you get saved, well, you get born again, regenerated, your spirit does but you still have your flesh, your flesh is still going to be crying out for the same things that you were giving it before. So that voice does not stop. Now, Paul talks about becoming sanctified. And that's a a daily choice that we make to follow Mm -hmm. the Lord and crucify the flesh. It's an ugly, hard process, especially if we're not trying to do it through Jesus and by his spirit. And so um, you know, it's a process. So I love the yeah. fact that you're telling people, Hey, come as you are. I don't care if you have a girlfriend or not, or boyfriend, whatever, like come to church and get saved. Yeah. And you know what, later on, God's going to convict them and say, Hey, you know what, you're going to have to end that relationship. Cause I don't approve of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's like the sanctification process. It's a never ending process. Exactly. And- the way that we get sanctified is by laying more things down. But how do we lay more things down? Our growth in trust of God grows to the point where we trust him more than we trust the things that we're feeding our flesh. And so we, we're willing, we come to this point where we're like, God is still bigger than this relationship that I'm settling for. So right. when you when you come to the realization that God is more powerful, God is more strong and he's more fulfilling to you and your flesh than that, that empty relationship or that empty addiction, then he can bring us to a place where we are ready to say, okay, I'm laying it down. But that doesn't happen the day that you get saved all the time. It happens six (laughs) months to a year after you get saved or even five years.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah, It takes time. And I, I tell people all the time, like, Hey, look, I'm not saying that you need to give up your sin because you can always sin after you get saved,
1: Yeah, you
0: know, and I because people always tell me, oh, well, I can't ever sin again. So I'm not going to get saved yet. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And not that <laughs> I'm trying to encourage them to sin once they get saved. I'm just saying. You know, you can still do that stuff. Come on, let me introduce you to Jesus. You know,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Because they're never gonna want to give up their sin. Most people, you know, um, because or that perfectionism, they're yeah. never gonna say, "Oh, well, I, yeah, you know, I know, I know, I'm gonna sin again, so I'm gonna disappoint God." I've heard that a lot, and yeah. so they're like, "I can't get saved," and I'm like, "Oh no," um, but yeah, it is. A, it's a ministry, and it is a. A tug of war spiritually to uh, break this deception and these lies off of these people and so what you're doing is amazing and so um, now you said a little bit uh, that you had like a are you doing some singing and choir ministry as well or
1: yeah so you know I, I make music I'm a producer you know I was in the music industry for 15 years until, you know, the pandemic broke out and everything fell apart. Right. Um, But you know, I'm still singing actively singing and, and we're doing these nights of worship, which we go all around the country to different cities this week. We're supposed to be in Atlanta, but I'm home in quarantine because I have, I just came out of having COVID. So I couldn't be with our team this week, but they're in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, this Saturday, they'll be in Grant, Georgia, uh, which is about a five minute drive from downtown Atlanta. And um, in, in the next month, we'll be doing a Florida tour. So we're going to be down towards, I guess, Fort Lauderdale in Orlando specifically about four different parks down there where we'll be on the water baptizing people and worshiping and you know each month we're going to different cities just taking a stand even if the country locks down we're going to be out in the streets worshiping and we've dedicated our time and our all of our equipment and everything that we own to our names to the lord to use and and we're just so excited it's called night of worship And uh, that's on my Instagram. That's on my TikTok. You can find them. I can share that all with you. But yeah, I'm just so excited for what God is doing all across this country. Um, I really do believe that, you know, he's moving like never before.
0: And which church is it?
1: It's actually not a church. It's just a a nonprofit organization called Night of Worship.
0: Okay, sweet. Um, And so, yeah, um, definitely brought you on so you can... um, God can put you on front street. So what is your Instagram? Just let us have it.
1: Yeah, so my Instagram and TikTok are cls1727. And you can find me on Facebook and YouTube under the name Carissa Shockley. And so that's one R, two S's, Shockley with a L-E-Y at the end. And basically there's worship. There's going to be short biblical teachings and podcasts coming to my YouTube channel. And as you know, TikTok is where you can find all of my links to schedule an appointment with me, uh, whether that's for a podcast, speaking engagement, or just a telephone call. You have questions about your sexuality and what God has to say. If he even loves you anymore, I will be there to speak one-on-one with you with all of your doubts that you have before God, and we will walk through them together and we will pray. And so I'm here for the parents. I'm here for the LGBTQ community saying, God loves you. Come home.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, It's just such a ministry of hope and love. And so I wanted you to just uh, praying for the people that are listening right now, um, because it's really easy to get a hold of you. I've done it just to make an appointment and, uh, she's available and she's ready to, to hear you out. You know, you, you can just sit there and talk if you want. She's going to just listen and Mm -hmm. she'll be led by the Lord to minister to you in a mighty way. So, uh, don't feel like it's, it's, um, you're not important enough, um, because she has openings. So she's not fully booked all the time. There's room for you. (laughs) yes so uh, um so come make make the appointment and i just want to encourage you to let her minister to you but chris i just wanted you to if you don't mind just to say a prayer for those people that are listening right now
1: Absolutely. And thank you again for having me. It's been an amazing time. I just I feel the Holy Spirit every time you talk. Amen.
0: And, Amen. You it's know, I pleasure. just I know
1: he's using you in a powerful way, Paul. I mean, you sound like the coolest dude ever. I want to meet you in real life.
0: <laughs> we will. I believe in eternal relationships. God is amazing.
1: Well, let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for bringing us yes, up Lord. one more time out of bed, breathing again, Lord. Healthy, yes, Lord. Lord. Thank you that you're providing for us, that we can operate in this world is more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Who yes, love this, Lord. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you that whoever's listening is feeling your presence right now, maybe for yes, the first Lord. time in a really long time, Lord. And I just praise you and worship you with all that I am. And we rededicate all of our resources to you today. Jesus. And we say, have your way with our lives, with our tongues, with our hearts, with our, with our feet, Lord, where we walk, where we talk, Lord, may you be in all that we do. And Lord, I just pray right now for the people that are, that are wondering about coming home, that are dreaming about coming home, but they don't feel like they're at a good, good enough place for you, Lord. I just, I just speak against all of the lies of the enemy in the name of Jesus right now. And I say that where those lies are, they're being reported placed with truth right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that is contemplating coming home, that they would be able to see the smile of a father as they're running back home to you, Lord, with open arms, that you are so ready to wrap your arms around them, whether they have all of the answers in the world or whether they have all of the questions in the world, Lord, you are so ready to love them through it all, Lord, if there's someone that's contemplating their sexuality, their gender identity, whether they're uh, loved by their parents, whether they're loved by their, their boss or appreciated or seen at the workplace, Lord, I pray right now that you make the unseen and the unheard right now feel loved and accepted by you, Lord, that your presence would fill the room that they're in right now and that you would call them home in a way that they could not deny That it was your voice, Lord. Speak with your holy, holy, powerful voice. Speak into their hearts and breathe life on them again. Breathe life into their dreams again, Lord, and give them strength to know that with you all things are possible, Lord, that they have not run too far for you not to save them, Jesus, just like you saved me. And so I just pray under the sound of my voice if anybody is looking for proof of a God that exists, Lord, let that be me and Paul proof that you're real proof that you love them proof that there are real christians out there ready to have real conversations non-judgmental but just in a loving safe environment lord we'll do that for you and you get all of the glory lord bring them home bring these people home bring them to us lord and we will shepherd them the best that we know how with the word of god and with your truth we love you we're calling hearts home today jesus may they all come home lord i pray that the phone starts ringing even after this Lord, and yes, I pray Lord. that people feel surrounded with Your love. I pray that You bless Paul's ministry, bless this podcast, and bless this yes, time Lord. that we've had together. Open doors for this to happen again, and we'll give You yes, all Lord. of the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you, Lord. And and right now, Lord, I just uh, as Your Spirit is just here in a mighty way for the people that are listening. It's not an accident, and God is drawing you home. And he wants to wrap you with his robes. And he wants to give you his ring and cause you to be his child as he just embraces you with his loving um, and his loving arms. And so if you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, he loves you. He died for your sins. And he rose again on the third day so that you could have eternal life. He suffered that perfect life, that perfect life he lived, and then he suffered and died on the cross innocently to be that perfect sacrifice for you. So you don't have to be perfect. He was, he did it for you. And that that has been made atoned for. And so now you can you can come into God's presence and you can receive his love, and you can cast all those burdens that you have on him as you receive his forgiveness. And so now if you feel the Holy Spirit just tugging at your heart, I want to lead you in a prayer that you can ask Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior. So pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in your son Jesus. I feel his presence right now. I'm sorry for my sin, and I need more in my life. I need you. And so, Lord, I ask you would forgive me of all of my sins and cause me to be born again. Lord, clean the slate from my past. Lord, and get rid of all my expectations and failures. I come to you, and I receive your love, Jesus. Come into my heart and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I believe if you prayed that prayer, then Jesus will be your Lord and savior. And you're going to feel redeemed and having your sins just lifted off of you. And there's a new life in Christ. There's a transformation that happens once you have a relationship with Jesus. So, I encourage you to find uh, a local church, uh, a spirit-filled, non-denominational church, um, somewhere somewhere that's preaching the gospel, and let the Holy Spirit lead you and get into your word. And you can um, email me at breakingthedevilscontract at at hotmail.com with questions. And um, we'd love to have uh, definitely different topics, whatever you want to discuss and I wanted to thank Carissa for coming on the podcast today. It's been a blessing. I am just uh, just feel like a kindred spirit, and <laughs> I know that you know that's why the Holy Spirit wanted me to invite her on in the first place. Uh, he knew that we'd be instant friends, and so um, Lord, I thank you for that. And please go to Carissa's um, social media. Get plugged in with her. She loves you. She wants to love on you. And she is speaking the truth from the word of God. So I just can't wait to hear testimonies the next time we get together. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again on Breaking the Devil's Contract podcast.